Welcome to Linda's Corner, a podcast created to inspire hope, increase joy, and motivate positive change. Hi, my name is Linda Bjork. I'm an author, teacher, speaker, blogger, and founder and executive director of Hope for Healing, which is a nonprofit charity designed to help alleviate symptoms of depression and anxiety, relieve stress, build confidence and self esteem, and heal relationships. You can learn more by visiting our website at hopeforhealingfoundation.org. For today's episode, I'm going to share a segment from one of my books called Crushed. If you're joining us for the first time, I would suggest that you start at the first podcast, since stories tend to make more sense when you read them, or listen to them, in order from the beginning to the end. Chapter 20. Trapped Emotions After a week, it was time to meet with Suzanne again. This time wasn't a mentoring session, just a body coat session for releasing trapped emotions. As she worked on me, the experience of me as a six-year-old little girl kept coming up. She removed emotions such as abandonment, shock, forlorn, confused, betrayal, longing, etc. But the one that stopped her in her tracks was the emotion shame. Why would you feel shame? she inquired. You certainly didn't do anything wrong. Tears rolled down my cheeks again as memories flooded back. Because there's something wrong with me. I couldn't make her love me, I said. Oh, you blamed yourself. I see, she said. That's so sad. So that's where it comes from, I thought. I often feel ashamed, even though I've done nothing wrong. I'm simply ashamed of my very existence. I'm ashamed that I'm me, a worthless useless, unlovable being. You're the water energy type, right? She asked. I nodded. Water energy type are motivated by relationships, she said. That's probably why this affected you so very deeply. Also, you were very young. Children take things very literally. Your interpretation that nobody loved you became your reality. I was 13 when Becky married and moved away. I understood better what was going on, and since I'm the earth energy type, my thoughts went right to fix-it mode. That has been my struggle. I thought it was my job to fix everything and make everybody happy. That sounds like a good thing, I said. It isn't. I don't have any power over another person's happiness, she said. I've been fighting a losing battle my whole life and have always felt like a failure. In my declarations, I had to say, I trust that other people are capable of making their own decisions about life, and things like that. It's been a challenge to let go and not try to rescue all the people I love. It has been so freeing to finally let go of that burden. I never knew that this affected you as well, I said. You always look so strong and perfect. It just affected us differently, that's all, she replied. Mom is a water energy type, too, she continued. She thrived on her relationship with Becky. Perhaps that's why her leaving affected Mom so deeply. What are you saying for your declaration, she asked. I am loved, I know who I am, I love myself, my words have value, and I have the courage to speak my truth, I replied. Okay, those are good 
but I want you to add another one. You need to say, my mother loves me as well. This has been a huge issue in your life, she said. Have you had a complete conversation with mom? Yes, I replied. Have you had one with your six-year-old self, she asked. Yes, I replied. Excellent, she said. It's probably going to take more than one. It may take several. You need to allow yourself to feel it and validate those feelings so you can let them go. Also, have conversations with all the rest of the family members. You felt neglected and unimportant to all of us. It makes me sad you've gone through all this. Here you thought no one cared about you, and all I was thinking at the time was that you were a cute little girl. After we finished, my mind was in a whirl. It's not just mom that I thought didn't love me. It's my whole family. It's not just one person that I have issues with. It's the whole world, I thought. I have always felt that I'm not important to anyone. But to say the words out loud sounds strange and unnerving. How is it possible to know something and to not know it at the same time? I can't imagine a reality where I don't feel worthless, unimportant, and unlovable. It may sound strange, but the possibility of a new reality frightened me. I felt safer in my familiar world, where at least I knew what to expect. Another day I recorded in my journal, I failed again today. I'm tired of rejection. I don't feel lighter. I feel drained. Memories and thoughts are surfacing that I completely forgot about. These are issues that I've buried long ago and hoped that they'd simply gone away. They hadn't. It's unsettling and scary even. I hope there's something better on the other side, or else this is definitely not worth it. About two weeks after the initial appointment, my husband and I had an adventure going canoeing down the Jordan River together. It was beautiful. We saw a blue heron, a pelican, scores of baby ducklings and goslings with their protective mothers, and hundreds of swallows emerging from their mud caves in a flurry of animated flight, filling the air with the beating of wings and the sound of their cries. It was magical. We enjoyed the scenery and joked playfully. My husband said, I love being able to banter with you. I've missed you. His words surprised me. He was right. I was different today. When was the last time I felt joy or appreciated beauty? When was the last time I could joke or laugh? I haven't noticed because it's been gradual, but I am feeling happy more often. The following day, I had two social events on the same day. The first one was a surprise birthday party for a friend. I was impressed at the effort her husband and family had put into the event. They had totally succeeded in keeping it a secret, and my friend was completely caught by surprise. 
The house was crowded with people and good food. All the guests signed a giant birthday banner and wrote birthday wishes. It was a lovely party, and I was happy for my friend. However, I was also struggling with jealous thoughts. No one would ever do anything like this for me, I thought. And even if I took the time to organize it, no one would show up for a party meant to honor me. I was able to endure it without falling apart and engaged in polite conversation before I left early to brace myself for the second social event for the evening. I have been in a book club with a wonderful group of women for over a decade. We meet monthly to discuss a book and just to socialize. I used to love it, and I still love the people. But it's even harder to hide from friends than it is to hide from strangers. It takes a tremendous amount of effort to keep up pretenses and a lot of effort to steer conversations away from myself towards other people with less to hide. That night, I was able to actively participate in conversation and didn't want to run away. And furthermore, I did it on a rebound from struggling through the first event of the evening. I was pretty proud of myself for that accomplishment, which would be minor for some, but monumental for me. On my personal tracking sheet, I was able to record my success that night. I survived two social events in a single day. We needed to postpone my next mentoring session since Suzanne was out of town. I wanted to continue the pattern of weekly body code sessions, so I scheduled an appointment with my acupuncturist. Often, when a particular motion and associated age are brought up, I can immediately identify the event that occurred and memories resurface. But sometimes, nothing comes to mind. I can't think of anything in particular that happened, and it's a bit confusing. There are feelings of helplessness from five years ago, he said. I know exactly what that is, I said, and a few tears escaped my eyes as the horrible memory of past events were brought to the forefront of my mind and my feelings of utter helplessness. I could not stop the events from happening, nor did I have any power to repair the consequences. It was awful. Let's let that one go, he said reassuringly, and released the trapped emotion. Then he found a trapped emotion that I couldn't identify an event to go with it. It was something to do with feelings about my role as a wife, and it occurred somewhere around the age of 27. I was baffled. I couldn't think of any major event that occurred at that time. He said that sometimes things will come up without a major event, but are things we need to be made aware of so we can deal with them. When we finished the session and I went home, I was still bothered by the memories and feelings that had resurfaced. I remembered the object lesson that Suzanne had done with the ping-pong balls and the water pitcher. I hate these stupid ping-pong balls surfacing. They hurt. I had buried them so deep I forgot they existed. I don't like having to deal with them, I thought. Soon afterwards, I had a lunch date with my husband. I picked him up during his lunch break from work, and we tried a new restaurant. He was delighted that I had made the effort to come and make this happen, and I think he had a good time. But I felt an unidentifiable anger welling up inside me that marred the experience for me. On the drive home, I had my first 
yelling, swearing, complete conversation. I did not know that those words were inside me. I felt rather like a two-year-old having a temper tantrum. It made no logical sense. But there was a lot of anger and frustration inside that needed to get out. It was kind of a rough day, and I felt drained and confused. The following day, I had two more social events, a bridal shower for a friend and a birthday party for my husband's aunt, who was celebrating her 80th birthday. For a long time, I've had to brace myself for social events and put on a good face to endure them. But on this day, I was animated and actively engaged. I laughed and joked and had a great time. I can't remember the last time I actually enjoyed a social function, and today I had two and enjoyed them both. I feel good. I see glimpses of who I used to be, I thought. I could get used to this. Chapter 21 The Second Mentoring Session It was finally time for the second mentoring session. Suzanne had sent another pre-visit questionnaire, which I filled out, and she reviewed to monitor my progression. I had had a few good days and a lot of bad days, so I wasn't sure how to answer the questions. My answers could be very different depending on the day. This is an interesting answer, she said. Where the question says, write one word to describe yourself, you wrote, hesitant. Is there a story behind that? I don't know. Sometimes I'm doing fine, and other times I'm struggling, I explained. I'm trying to move forward, but sometimes I want to go back. From reading through your questionnaire, I think the things you're struggling with most right now are insecurity and comparing yourself with others, she said. Does that sound right to you? Definitely, I responded. Okay, she continued. Insecurity comes from having a low energy balance. She drew the familiar outline figure of a person and drew plus signs and minus signs in it. Do you remember our conversations about energy balance? Yes, I replied. When you have a low energy balance with too many negatives and not enough positives, you feel insecure. You become paralyzed by fear, she said. What we want is a high energy balance. A high energy balance leads to security. We want lots of positives. You need to nurture yourself. Make sure you get enough rest, spend time in nature, and do nice things for yourself. You need to get rid of negative and add positive, she repeated. You've been singing, and that adds positive. Make it a habit. I'm going to give you new assignments this time, but don't stop the singing. Is singing becoming easier? Yes, I replied. I can get through the songs pretty easily now. That's good, she replied. You may want to pick new songs. When the words to a song no longer make you cry, you might need something else that speaks to you. Crying is actually a good thing. It is a release. It helps take out the garbage. Suzanne continued, The things I'm teaching you are like tools in a tool belt. You can use as many as you want and pick the ones that work best for you. We're going to add more tools today, and there are several ways we can go. 
I'll list three directions we can take, and you tell me what sounds most interesting to you. We can go deeper into declarations, which are an empowerment tool. We can talk about shields, which are a protection tool. Or we can go deeper into complete conversations, which are a release tool. So, what do you want to do? Empower, protect, or release? I like the idea of a shield, I said. Great. We'll talk about creating a shield, she said. Have you seen the movie Bolt? No, I said. Well, it's a cute animated movie about a hero dog and his adventures, she explained. One of the characters in the movie is a hamster named Rhino. He is super brave because he runs around in a hamster ball and he knows that nothing can hurt him. He says funny things like, I eat danger for breakfast, and it can't hurt me, I've got my ball. What we're going to do is create a shield that you can carry around with you. Then, wherever you go, you can be brave because you're protected. Okay, I said hesitantly. What would you like your shield to look like? Do you want something like a special outfit that you put on, a shield of light, or something else? It can be anything you imagine, she said. Um, right now, all I can picture is a hamster ball, but somehow that doesn't make me feel very powerful or protected, I said. Oh, how about Violet from the movie The Incredibles? She makes a shield that is like a force-filled bubble that surrounds her. Great, Suzanne said. I want you to visualize creating a force-filled bubble starting at your feet and growing until it surrounds you. But I want you to leave a hole at the top. Light pours into the hole to fill the bubble and completely surrounds you. What color is the light, she asked. Um, yellow, I guess, I said. Okay, she said. What does it feel like inside your bubble? It's comfortable and safe. It feels warm, I said. Anything else? she asked. I can't think of anything else. If I do, can I add it later? I asked. Sure, she said. Now, this bubble will reflect away any negative thoughts and comments from other people, but it will allow in anything positive. Got it? Okay, I said. Now, we're going to add guards outside your bubble for another layer of protection. What do you want your guards to look like? Do they have shields and armor, she asked. How about angels, I replied. Perfect. How many, she inquired. Twelve, I said. Great. Where are they standing? Are they in front, she asked. No, they're all around me, like the positions on the numbers of a clock, I responded. Excellent. You can move them around if you need to. If you feel that attacks come more from the front or the back, you can ask them to rearrange their positions, she said. Part of your assignment for next time is every morning you are going to visualize putting on this shield. You now have angels and love shielding and protecting you. They allow good to come in, but anything negative is deflected by the angels and the shield. Got it? Sure, I said, writing it down in my notes. Okay, did I already teach you that the fruit doesn't look like the root? She asked. No, I replied. 
She drew a simple picture of a tree complete with the roots under the ground. Then she drew fruit on the tree. The part you see is the fruit. Right now, the fruit that you're seeing is that you can't trust anybody. And you're comparing and feeling less than everybody around you. But the fruit is not causing the problem. There is something feeding that fruit. In a tree, fruit is fed through the branches, which connect to the trunk, which connects to the main roots, which connects to the feeder roots. The feeder roots are where the problem begins, she explained. Those little roots are searching for proof to feed the tiny fruit. The problem is not that everybody is untrustworthy and you're not as good as everybody else, because those things are thoughts that aren't true, but they're a result of whatever is feeding those roots. That's what we want to identify and feed them something different so we can grow different fruit. I think I understand, I said. We're trying to get to the root of the problem. There are three different categories of thinking, she continued. The first is what I think about me. The second is what I think about other people. And the third is what I think others think about me. We're going to work more on declarations. So far, your declarations have been in the category what I think about me, which is a good start, but we need to address all three categories of thinking. We need to include others in your declarations, something like, other people value what I have to say. Oh, I said, I see how that would be important. Do you have your declarations taped to your bathroom mirror where you can see them every day? She asked. No, I replied, but I put them on the back of my phone. My phone has a clear cover and I slip them between the phone and the cover. Oh, that's a good idea but I want you to put them on the mirror too. It's good for other people to see your goals and what you're working on, she said. That way they can help you. Is your family being supportive? What do they think about your singing and what you're working on? They don't know what I'm working on. I tried sharing once and it didn't turn out so well. I actually wait until everybody's gone and hide in the bathroom with the door closed to sing my song. I'm scared to have anybody hear me. I confessed. Oh, she said, I'm sorry. Just keep going. Things will change. People will treat you differently as you change. Okay, we need to come up with some additional things you can say for your declarations, she said. Things that include what others think about you. How about, I matter and make a difference for good. I like that, I said, writing it down in my notes. How about, I am amazing and do great things? I froze. She mistook my silence and said, You don't like that one? That's okay. We can choose something else. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I could never say that, I said. It's not true. Okay, she said. We're going to change directions for a little while. We need to talk about the subconscious some more. She drew the now familiar picture of a circle divided by a horizontal line and wrote conscious on the top half and subconscious on the bottom half. 
You remember this picture of the way our minds work, she said. Things that enter our minds go through the conscious and bounce off this line that separates the conscious from the subconscious. She drew a line entering the conscious and bouncing off the line to exit again. The line that selects what is accepted and what is rejected is called the reticular activating system, or abbreviated RAS, Suzanne explained. The RAS filters the incoming information and affects what you allow into your brain. This system is designed to keep us from getting overloaded with information and also protects us by keeping out information that the mind sees as dangerous and unsafe. When you hear the words, I am amazing and do great things, your RAS is rejecting that as a dangerous lie. But the truth is that your RAS really can't tell the difference between truth and lies. Your RAS needs to be reprogrammed. And in order to reprogram it, we need to be able to get past that barrier to give new information to the brain. Once your brain has new information to work with, it can reprogram what the RAS rejects as dangerous lies. Music is a powerful tool to get past that barrier, she continued. That's why you've been singing. Music can also help your mind accept your declarations faster. Adding background music allows the declarations to get past the RAS and allows it to enter the brain. What I want you to do is find some music that you can use as background music to play while you say your declarations. It should be powerful, inspiring music that doesn't have words. A soundtrack of epic music is an excellent choice. When you look into the mirror and see yourself saying your declarations with powerful background music, it helps create new pathways in the brain. You can change up the music depending on what power you need. For example, a happy song inspires happiness, and a soothing song inspires calmness, and a powerful song inspires power. Shake it up and use different things. Variety also helps you get past that RAS. I tried to sort through the tumble of thoughts that were running through my mind. Oh, so that's what Erica was talking about when she said she did declarations with music, was immediately followed by, This is crazy. I'm not only supposed to imagine up a magic invisible shield to protect me. Now I'm going to stand in front of a mirror and speak delusional things to myself with epic music playing in the background. These are actions that I associated with social misfits who try to escape reality by playing Dungeons and Dragons and going LARPing. I don't know if I can do this. If anybody found out, my husband would be calling for a straitjacket. What did I get myself into? Then I remembered something else. It happened at the retreat. It wasn't part of any of the lessons. It actually happened when everybody was packing up to go home. Suzanne checked her phone messages and found a message from her daughter Jessica, a beautiful young woman recently married to a handsome young athlete who had been recruited by a renowned university on a track scholarship. Hi, Mom. This is Jessica, the message began. I know you're busy with the women's retreat, but I'm at Max's track meet, and he just broke his personal record in the 500-meter hurdles race. This is something he's been working on for five years and hasn't been able to beat it, but today he did, 
And we both know it's because of the declarations and the things that you've been teaching us. And we wanted to let you know and to thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. When Suzanne got the message, she played it again on speakerphone for us to hear. I remember at the time thinking, wow, that's pretty amazing. This stuff really works. Or at least they believe it does, and they're getting results somehow. That's awesome. This sounds so weird. But I'm going to try it, I thought. But I'll definitely be hiding in the bathroom with the door closed and the fan turned on. I sighed and brought my attention back to what Suzanne was saying. She was talking about creating different pathways. Your mind has different pathways, like roads, she explained. You have pathways that are well-traveled, and they're like highways. They're fast and easy to travel on. When you try to create a new pathway, a new way of thinking, it's like starting a new dirt trail. Your mind is going to want to go on the fast highway rather than the new slow dirt trail. But if you keep traveling along the dirt trail, it will eventually become a dirt road, then a paved road, and it too can become a fast highway. However, it's going to take time and a lot of practice. We completed the mentoring session, and it was time to clear out a few things with the body code. Things were going pretty smoothly until she hit on a trapped feeling of taken for granted at around age 27. She needed to know more information before it would clear, and I couldn't think of any major event from the time. I went to an acupuncturist who also practices body code, and he found something from that age as well, but I couldn't figure out what it was, I said. When things don't come immediately to mind, body code is a little like playing 20 questions with yes or no answers until you find the right thing. When Suzanne finally found it, she let out a little laugh. It's the thought, I'm just a mom, she said. I've had that one too. Is that what I was so angry about? I wondered aloud. I had my first yelling, swearing, complete conversation, but I didn't even know what I was angry about. I was just so mad. Let's see. What was happening when I was about 27? I pondered. My husband had just been hired as an airline pilot and was gone for days at a time, leaving me to take care of the house and the yard and the kids all by myself. Perhaps it's a feeling that I do all the work and he gets all the glory. That could be, she said. And remember that when the body code identifies an age, it doesn't mean that's the only time you felt that way. It's just a starting point for discovering those trapped and hidden emotions. Work on that one. It will take some time. You're going to need to do some journaling on this one. Write down, I feel like I'm not of value, that I'm just a mom because... And write everything you can think of. What does it mean to be just a mom? Get it all out. Remember the picture we drew of the tree, fruit, and roots? The fruit is, I'm just a mom. But we journal to get to the roots... It may take pages and pages, dig deep, then shred it, burn it, or crumple it up and stomp on it, but get rid of it. Those thoughts are garbage. 
Let's see if there are any others that we can identify today, she said. The feeling of worthless came up again, shocker. And then the feeling of pride. Not the good kind of self-worth pride, but the I'm better than negative kind of pride. How can I be feeling both worthless and prideful? Aren't they opposites? I asked. Actually, they go together frequently, Suzanne said. We feel worthless, but we are programmed for survival, and our survival instincts kick in to fight those feelings. It ends up being a battle of vacillating between feeling worthless and prideful and continues in an unhealthy cycle. We want to develop the healthy kind of pride that is a sense of confidence and self-worth. We don't want to look side to side by comparing ourselves with others to create our identity and self-worth. That's like wallowing in the mud. We want to look up. You're a child of God. You're amazing. But then you see the people around you and realize that they are also children of God and they're amazing too. As you lift yourself, you also lift those around you. Let's talk a little more about comparing, she continued. You said you were struggling with that? That's for certain, I admitted. How do you feel when you see other people's talents, she asked. To be honest, I try to be happy for them, I said, but inside I feel like their success emphasizes my weakness and failure. Okay, she said. You played basketball when you were younger, right? Yes, I said. Imagine that you're playing basketball, she said, and the teams are set up so that it's you on one team and the rest of the world on the other team. Do you think you could ever win that game? Obviously not. I replied, right, because if anybody other than you makes a basket, then they're winning and you're losing, she said. Now, let's rearrange the teams. If you have other members on your team, would you be happy if one of your team members made a basket? Yes, I replied. You know that if a team member makes a basket, then it helps you win, she said. When you're struggling with comparing yourself with those around you, perhaps you could have a complete conversation with them, and as part of that conversation, ask them to join with you and be on your team. If you're on the same team, then you realize that when any member of the team succeeds, it benefits the whole team. If it's you against the whole world, you're going to lose every time. That's an interesting perspective, I said. I like the idea of inviting people to be on my team. I'll give that a try. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this section of the book. The next section is available on the following podcast. Please subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are available. The book Crushed is available on Amazon, and the audiobook version will soon be available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Again, my name is Linda Bjork. You can find more information by searching for Linda Bjork Hope for Healing, Linda Bjork Two Good Things, and Linda Bjork Innovative Joy. In closing, I'd like to leave you with an inspirational quote by Henry Nguyen. Joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy.
and keep choosing it every day. I hope that today you choose joy. See you next time on Linda's Corner.